You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. Uh, it's been about, uh, I don't know, I lost track of the time. It's been well over a month since we've gotten together, but as most of you that have been part of the network know, uh, when we enter the summer months, we tend to do these in less frequent uh, of times as news has popped up. And thankfully for Auburn men's basketball, the news has finally started to kind of gear up and collect together where we can sit down and have a conversation. So we're going to be talking a little bit about transfers in, transfers out, people deciding to go to the NBA draft, all those things in between that have affected the Auburn men's basketball program. To do that, I brought in my friend and my co-host, Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray, welcome back. Thank you. It's going to be too long. Yes, too it long. Is. A lot has transpired in our time. Uh, we've uh, said hello and then just as quickly said goodbye to a few people. Yeah. <laughs> Here we have. <laughs> we've seen some people make some decisions that I think has some people, some people confused, but also some people very hopeful for what that means for the program as well. Uh, I figured we uh, would break all that down today and discuss in detail what would happen. Uh, but, you know, with everything that's transpired before we kind of get into the details of it, how are you feeling about the program all overall? Are you hyped for it or is it kind of stagnant? What, do, what are you thinking about it right now? Well, right now is I mean, it's all, you know, all gas, no brakes right now with the recruits being able to come in and out of the dead <laughs> period. Boy, Bruce is bringing in some dogs right now. And he's loaded up this year with the transfers and he is he's preparing, man. Yeah, we we got a good one. We got a good one. Can I, can I just ask this though? Do you think, and I will say for us as the Auburn fans, not so much the coaching staff and the players there currently, cause I'm sure they're obviously taking it very seriously. Do you think the Auburn fans are getting a little ahead of themselves in how excited they're getting about just simply five stars being on campus for recruiting and just the wow factor of that? Well, I think if the five stars were coming on campus and saying they hated it and they're never coming back, then then yeah, but but no, they they come on campus and they love it. They love the atmosphere. They love the coaches. They love everything about Auburn. And it's like, well, you can come. <laughs> come on over. <laughs> um, and I think I think that's a big deal. That that's I mean, we didn't have that with our previous whatever you. I'm not even gonna call him a coach. Whatever, wow. <laughs> whatever he was before. Now look look what Bruce is doing. We're, I feel like we're a one and done factory all of a sudden. Yeah, and it's still something that I think a lot of Auburn fans are grappling with. You know, when I do these live streams on YouTube, it amazes me the people I run into that are just frustrated with the fact that these guys are leaving early. I'm like, this this is what you wanted. Do you do you not realize that this is how a successful program runs? They sent they get people in and they send them immediately to the NBA. This is what Kentucky does. This is what North Carolina, Duke. Uh, Gonzaga now does, you know, this is what has to happen for you to be a successful program. You're going to not be able to watch very many of your players start and end their career four years as an Auburn tiger. Um, and, and I think it's something that will obviously with time get a little bit better. Uh, but it's always funny for me to watch the people that get super hyped about the five stars. And trust me, I, I get excited about it as well. Not as much as I used to. Uh, I just find it, it 
it's interesting the dynamic of how hype people get about them just visiting, but then when they decide to leave and just you know go to the NBA in one season, they're like, oh, why? What's going on? The program's falling apart. Do you hear a lot about that, or I mean, do you feel like people kind of have still not grasped that concept? Yet? Yeah, I think I think that's just the the kind of sh- the early stages of a program like this building, and you know, a lot of Auburn fans are used to football where you have to stay at least three years or. Uh, the basketball that we've seen in the past, or even in Bruce's early Auburn career, where yeah. you know he got guys that stayed and you know developed as an Auburn player. No, we're getting guys that are NBA ready on campus right now. Absolutely, and they're ready to go. At, well, if not the NBA, the G League, which is basically the NBA at this <laughs> point, just the minor leagues, as it was. <laughs> Keep stealing our players, Jalen Green. Looking at you, buddy. It only it only happens to us, though. I don't understand. It's you know, it's just one of the things. This is the way of the Auburn fan. We can't worry yeah, exactly. You just you can't have nothing. Is uh, to quote a, a great man, which uh, I, I'm a huge fan of the Rick and Bubba show, and they just they always talk about you thought you could have something. <laughs> so yeah. That's what I always think about when I equate to what it means to be an Auburn fan. All right, enough of that. Of us waxing poetic about uh, that type of stuff. Let's talk about what's actually happened. Uh, and obviously, we're probably going to skip over a few things and speculation, things that, and rumors and stuff. We're going to touch on the big things here first. Katie Johnson, UGA Man. freshman, decides to come to Auburn. Drew, Drew, wow, goodness, Gray. Um, Gray, in m- your wildest dreams, if you had to put a percentage on a guy like Katie Johnson deciding to transfer, what would you have put it on? Mm. Well, um, watching him at Georgia, I mean, dude, he's – probably the second best player in Georgia behind Wheeler most of the year. You know, he's one of those guys like Cooper who had eligibility problems early and came back against Auburn and went for like 20 against us. Mm -hmm. He's a great defender. He's a great shooter. He was a four star out of high school. He's there's, there's no way I couldn't put a percentage on it. It's it's single digits, single digits. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have. I, I was more shocked about this one than I was about Desi Stills, which we'll talk about in just yeah. a second. Uh, but Katie Johnson is not. When people started floating that rumor out, oh, I'm I'm always one that's skeptical of rumors anyway, and that's because of being burned so many times yeah, in the yeah. past. I just I I heard that and I was like, okay, maybe in some wild fantasy, but that just doesn't happen. People don't transfer in basketball, especially from our rival to us. You just don't see that happen that often. Um, so I, I guess, what do you think's the reason that Katie Johnson feels like he can be more successful at Auburn as opposed to Georgia? I mean, there's, there's some obvious, there's some things. obvious ones. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, is it simply just the way that this program is going versus Georgia? Yeah. yeah I, I, I honestly do think that is the way that you just said it, the, the program's direction. You look at the two programs, Georgia's, probably second maybe worst in the sec right now as in terms of building a program um not just for this coming year but for the future they lost nine guys to the transfer portal we thought we were upset when we lost powell (laughs) they lost nine guys to the transfer portal including katie johnson who not only said i don't want to be at georgia i'll just go across to the other state and go to auburn (laughs) Uh, see, I live in Georgia, and so you know, there's there's not a lot of college basketball talk amongst the Georgia fans I run with. 
Uh, but you know, oh, just anytime you have that ammunition in your belt, just to kind of like sling over their way and just say, pow, pow you know, <laughs> got gotcha. they, they, they don't watch basketball. <laughs> they don't. I mean, there's good reason not to, right. You know, at least <laughs> right now. now, look, let me be serious about here. Tom Crean is a great coach. Mm-hmm. Um, can he get them turned around? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not super hopeful about it, but I'm not going to take anything away from the coach. He's obviously shown a propensity to bring in the talent. Getting them to stay there, though, is is different story because, you know, you've got where they had the first round pick overall the season before. Mm-hmm. That's understandable, you know, just like we've talked about and lamented about for a second. One and dones are still a little bit frustrating, not an concept we're aware of but then you've got this you bring in a guy like katie johnson who's you know on par at least in the discussion level with a sharif cooper of that type of talent that you're bringing in and it doesn't even stay in you in your you know program for college i just can't fathom that like what's what's the issue with tom crean is it a morale issue is it a, is, i don't know it, it's I'd just have to more, figure it out it definitely does or he's <laughs> not going to be there much longer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But um, yeah, so Katie Johnson is going to be an Auburn Tiger. So I would have said personally um, before some other information we'll talk about in a second that Katie Johnson obviously was in line for maybe some starting playing time, uh, probably more so now with some that news we'll talk about in just a second. But do you agree? Is Katie Johnson pretty much a shoe in for the starting five? I think he's I think he's your starting two guard. Yeah. And do you th- and what do you think he brings more to the table for Auburn? Is it his defense or is I it- think it is his defense and I think it's his tenacity. You know, um, you back when we beat Georgia in uh, Athens, mm-hmm. you immediately related Katie Johnson to Sean oh. Shivers. Yep. Immediately. Yep. And like that's who I see. Basketball form, that's who he is. I mean, he's gonna play hard the whole game. His defense is I mean, he's a tenacious type of defender. Right. And he's a talented player. You know, now that you mention it, I think I made several comparisons uh, in that game recap that we did. Mm -hmm. I also think I gave him a slight comparison, and I don't want to be rude to him, but slight comparison to Michael Carrera, who Mm – to me, his body build just didn't look like it's supposed to, he, it would function. It looks like a well. running back. <laughs> exactly. And so like, it's kind of like, how are you able to do the things that you no. are doing and still, and it still looks ugly, but still going in. And I'm not saying that Katie Johnson is far and away better than Michael career ever could dream of being, no. uh, but that's kind of the vibes I was getting there. So now it's, it's funny, you know, I was planning on lamenting about this guy the entire season. Next year, <laughs> and now I got to cheer for him. <laughs> so, yeah. Here I sit in a conundrum, uh, but I'm happy that we could bring someone in. Obviously, we were very lacking in guard talent uh, in terms of depth, I should say, not talent, but depth. Uh, and he obviously filled that slot even more so now because of the saga of one Desi Stills, who we've talked about, on, I think, on a previous episode, bringing him in uh, another transfer from an SEC school from Arkansas. And he just gave us fits all season. Uh, against Arkansas. Honestly, I, I didn't think we could stop the dude. Was really hyped to have a guy come in with SEC experience, but also upperclassman level leadership, which yeah. I think we, it's not that we, 
we're going to be terrible if we didn't have that. But I think it's an area where we could have seen a little bit more improvement. Jalen Williams is a guy that you look for in that area in terms of senior, upper class, not senior, but upperclassman leadership. I thought Desi was going to do that. Well, the news breaks that he has uh, not going to be actually ended up here because of some class issues, some transfer uh, credits issues. Uh, he will be going to Arkansas State. So your overall reaction to the the whole saga of Desi Stills. Yeah, it, it's just unfortunate. Um, he wanted to be a graduate transfer, um, and he had three credits from Arkansas where he tried to get um, them to count at Auburn, but they were they would not allow him to be a graduate transfer, and um, that seemed like it was a deal breaker. Even though, like, you should probably be more focused on basketball. I can we I mean, I completely understand. You know the the whole wanting to be a graduate transfer, wanting to graduate from Arkansas, um, maybe wanting to stay home because he did go to Arkansas State. So, uh, you, you know, it, it's really unfortunate. I was really, just like you, really looking forward to him playing, but um, it's, it's all right. Here's the interesting thing about this for Stills, though, for, for me personally, is you were transferring, obviously. I think this is a case, and tell me if you disagree, that he transferred to Auburn, seeing that probably they had a higher likelihood of competing for a championship than Arkansas maybe this year. Arkansas's good, but I don't. Th- I think everybody kind of saw the trajectory of Auburn. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. So that's why you made the decision you want to spend your last year doing, uh, having the best shot possible to win either a conference or a national chi- title, at least compete for one. But you burn your bridge with Arkansas – and instead end up at Arkansas State. You know, this whole transfer situation that's going on, I, I'm not the biggest fan of it, to be honest with you, and I know Auburn is benefiting from it in some ways, but we've already seen this now burn a couple of people. So Desi goes from you know being a, a top dog at Arkansas, could have been a top dog here at Auburn, and, and he will be the top dog at Arkansas State. No offense to Arkansas State. He just... <laughs> You're, you're, you took a little bit of a step down. So I, I kind of feel for the dude uh, that he's because of some, you know, unfortunate credit issues that he's now going to be competing there. So do you think he got the bad end of the deal? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I think he did, but um, you know, he, he's got to, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. And I think, you know, it's, it's good for him uh, being able to stay home, but you know, burning the bridge to Arkansas and then, not being able to complete the transfer to go to Auburn, but you know, it's just an unfortunate, you know, bad situation, but it's all right. Yeah. I'm actually very disappointed about the loss of Desi stills. And I I made that evidently the other night on the live stream, the leadership I thought he would have brought was going to be crucial for Auburn. Uh, What do you think about what his prospects would have been in terms of starting time here at Auburn? Yeah. I think him and Katie Johnson were, you know, maybe 2020 split in the minutes of at the two guard. Yeah. Uh, that's what we were, that's about what we were looking at right there. And it, I don't think it really mattered who was going to start at that guard. They were going to get about the same amount of minutes because both of them have SEC experience at that position. Uh, Desi obviously had more, but I think Katie's got a, a little bit of talent, talent advantage there, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's going to hurt. That, that, that it does hurt. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. 
Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Were you operating under the assumption that Alan Flanagan is starting as well? Yes. Okay. I, I think I just want to make sure we're on the same page of that. That's yeah, where absolutely. I operate yeah. from as well. And I, I think That's uh, a three. Exactly. And I, I think anybody who can't rationalize that is not being honest with themselves. <laughs> Look, I'm not, we talked about the struggles of Alan Flanagan last year at the end of the season when he would, but his struggles happened when he was put Point. in situations where he wasn't going to be successful. And some of those were necessary situations he had to be in because of, you know, depth issues and because of Sharif and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, but I, I do sure. think that Allen's going to be part of that starting lineup. And so really we were going to have a case with the stills and Johnson's situation of which do you yeah. want experience yeah. over, you know, talent potential. So in that scenario, if you, if you were the coach, which would, would you have taken? I probably still would have gone with Johnson to start. Um, just talent wise, but you get somebody like seals coming off the bench or starting with that group, uh, especially with the inexperience at the other guards or, or even, you know, at the, at the forward position. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's so, it's so big and it's so important. And, um, you know, we'll see if we can go find another one. If not, then uh, Katie, maybe Zepp's going to have to play a little bit more too. some, which he's happy about. Um, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe Flanagan <laughs> or uh, um, maybe Devin's squeezes back into the two spot. I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll see. The other thing we're not even thinking about with Desi too is, and it's not his natural position, but he had a little point guard experience too, which yeah. is an area that, you know, we're not completely depth isn't that secure there right now. You know, Wendell's kind of sitting there by himself as the lone point guard. It's a very yeah. precarious situation for us to be in. So that leaves Auburn two spots now because of, I keep foreshadowing things, what we'll talk about in just a second. Um, you know, two spots are now open with Desi now gone. And of course, the news finally broke that JT Thor is officially going to be in the NBA draft, has signed with an agency, yeah. and cannot come back. Your initial reactions, were you shocked? Were you, how, how, what did you think about the announcement? I kind of saw it coming. Um, that, you know, when he announced it really sounded like a dude that was going to the draft, you know, he kept his college eligibility in case, I, I think in yeah. case NBA scouts told him, go back and work on this, go back yeah. and work on that. You know, maybe he's shooting, maybe bulk up a little bit. I don't, you know, it could have been anything, yeah. but, um, you know, <laughs> his decision will be impactful, whether it's on Auburn's, whether it's, you know, not having him this, this coming year or, you know, a recruiting advantage for Bruce. He took a guy that reclassified, you know, wasn't really a, uh, a crazy high recruit in his class, especially because he reclassified, but it was still around, around a four-star. Um, 
Some people had him a three. Some people had potential of him, if he didn't reclassify, to be a five-star this upcoming class. Um, but you see a guy that comes in, you know, has a solid year, kind of gets better throughout the whole year, and goes to the draft. And that draft position is going to be big, just like Okiki's was. Yeah, I agree with you that the he's going to have a positive impact on Auburn, but but in either way, he would have chosen. If he had chose to stay, the obvious yeah. impact is there, the good impact for Auburn. This, And I, I know it's weird to think about it right now. Another thing that Auburn fans got to get used to is him leaving early is still good for Auburn because, again, follow the trajectory of what Bruce has done here. He puts Chumo Kiki in the draft. Then he goes and puts uh, Okoro in the top five of the draft mm-hmm. the next year. Sharif Cooper will be likely, I think most people are assuming, uh, he'll be in the first round this year. And now there's apparently conversation that JT Thor might squeak into the first round. Where were you hearing that he was going to fall just by one prediction? I saw a Bleacher Report mock draft, and I was interested, and I clicked it, and um, you know, I was scrolling, I was like, man, where's Sharif? You know, I was just, that's what I was looking for because it was just a first round draft. I wasn't really expecting Thor to be on there because I haven't really seen him get that crazy buzz or maybe a big board jump or something like that. Right. Thor was ahead of Cooper Hmm. at 23 overall and Cooper was at 25. And I was like, okay, wow. All right. If he does that, then this decision is the best decision he's ever made. I think it's a good decision for him regardless, but I I think, you know, obviously if it ends up where people are this prediction saying he's brilliant. And I think Bruce is, you know, good for, you know, pushing him. And I I think one thing we'll never be able to say about Bruce is that he doesn't have the kids uh, best interest at heart. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously he wants to win. He wants to compete, but he he's told these guys, look, if you feel like you are ready and you feel like this is your time is now to go, I will support you in that. Um, and I think that's a great thing for a coach to do because he realizes he's sacrificing what could have been, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, that even said like, you know, just think about what the starting roster might have been, you know, they put in the names of Jalen green with JT Thor, uh, Sharif Cooper was still, I was like, yeah, I mean, that's in a perfect world. That's great. But, uh, you'd be losing all of them in the same year. (laughs) It's true. Had all of them together in one year. Um, so that's kind of where we stand now. With JT Thor gone there, and now Desi Stills, there are two spots available for Auburn uh, to potentially pick somewhat. Obviously, with Desi leaving, that that kind of hurts us in an already kind of low depth-wise and guard positions, especially point guard. Do you think it's likely that Auburn picks up someone else in this offseason? I think it just depends if there's somebody out there. Right. That's kind of perfect. You know, we got to really think about the, we got to get the perfect situation for that. But, um, and that's kind of hard. You can't just make that, you know? So um, I think if there's an opportunity for somebody like that, you know, they'll, they'll pursue him. I don't think they'll, they won't, um, but we just got to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, I would much rather them not just go rush out and fill it. Yeah. I think there are some, and you, I think you said this before we started recording, there are some players that probably will deserve a scholarship. I'd like to see them probably leave one open uh, for yeah. maybe like a Lord Behrman uh, who, you know, or, or someone else that has been here, you know, and, and done the work to be here. Bruce has been good about doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving them a scholarship, I think would be another great gesture to sh- continue to show. I, I care about all my players, not just the ones that I'm sending into the draft you know, yeah. every single year, but the ones that don't get the recognition, the ones that don't see hardly any playing time whatsoever. He's definitely one that I think deserves that. Uh, so you may see that happen. 
but if you had to throw down a final prediction right now, uh, where does Sharif and JT Thor in the in the draft? I, I won't say final, but where you're sitting at um, right now, where do you think? I think Cooper goes uh, somewhere in between 20 and 26 in the first round. Um, you know, when he first declared, they were grading him about 15 to 20. And I was like, well, that, that would be really good. But now it's about 20 to 25. So uh, that's where I kind of see him. And Thor, Thor is such an interesting case because he is, he's so raw. He's one of the rawest players in the draft just in general. Um, Cause he's so young. He's so long. His measurables are going to be absurd, um, but he's so, you know, he's so unproven. Um, and it's, it's all about one team taking a chance on him. Um, so he, you know, I, he could go as high as where he was in that mock draft and be, you know, a late first round, but he could also, you know, fall and maybe fall into the undrafted realms, but I'd probably put him about middle of the second round. Yeah, that's kind of where I feel um, second round, maybe upper level second round is kind of where I feel comfortable saying he might make a push towards, but then he may have a story just to kind of use another sport example, an Igbenogany story. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of teams want to know Igbenogany as a cornerback um, coming into that draft, but there wasn't a lot of people expecting him to go first round until those final couple of days. And if he finds that right team, that right <laughs> fit, uh, that's willing to kind of uh, take the Chuma Okiki approach and understand that maybe uh, now Chuma is a different story. Obviously he had an injury he had to work over and it's obviously paying dividends now for the Orlando maggot uh, magic. Definitely. But if you go in and realize JT Thor is a guy that still needs to fill out, still got some things to kind of clean up a little bit, but the talent is there. Uh, it could be an utter steal for anybody yeah. in the NBA draft. And Auburn could have two people drafted this year. That's just, When's the last time that happened? I, that ever I happened? was about to ask you the same thing. Yeah. Can you think of a time when it's happened? I don't know. I, 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 there's no way. I, I feel like maybe Chris Porter, Mamadou Njai, maybe. That's that's probably the last two I can think of. Uh, Marquise Daniels, and I don't think Kyle Davis got drafted that year. I, you know, That's the two kind of the duos I think of right there. Um, I think if Marco Killingsworth and Lewis Monroe had stayed – back in the early 2000s and not transferred out, that might have been a duo there that might have gone. Let me see uh, if I can find that's, uh, do a little any bit example. Quick research. Yeah, okay. I, All right. We got um, Chris Morris and Jeff Moore in 1988. That's, that's the last ones or that's the that first one? That's the last found? one. Um, wow. Frank Ford and Gerald White in 1987, but that's the only, oh, that's the only two. So actually it wasn't Mam- Mamadou Njai didn't, or maybe they got drafted different years. Uh, him I and thought, uh, James uh, Chris Porter. Brewer, uh, Porter. Oh yeah. Yeah. They went together. Njai and Porter in 2000. Okay. So Not I did right. have that right. Oh, look at that. Look, I, I do remember a few things. Everyone I'm getting old, you know, but <laughs> I do have a little bit of a memory. Anyway, this could be history in terms of just how long it's been since that happens. Obviously it's not unprecedented yeah. waters for Auburn, but in what we've walked through, uh, before Pearl in his first couple of years, even since then, uh, this could be a momentous off season already has been with transfers in and out. And apparently we're not done yet because I, I, I literally was sitting here before you texted me and said, we need to do an episode. And I was like, Oh, good. We can at least talk about who's going to be in the starting lineup. Cause they're likely not going to get anybody else. And here we are. <laughs> do you feel like you should throw out a, a prediction on the starting five or. I, I think I can with let me, let me confidence hear. that it will be the starting five, whether there's an addition or not. 
Okay, well, let's hear it. Unless we get like an incredible addition, I'm probably going with Green at the point, Johnson at the two, Flanagan, Jabari, Kessler. <sighs> I, here, I'm, I'm gearing up for something. So, um, I, I, y'all are hurting me about leaving my man Jalen Williams. Jalen, I know, I know. You want me to put him at point guard? Because <laughs> Jabari and Kessler have to Here's start. this crazy thing. Bruce Pearl has done worse. Simeon yeah, Bowers true. at point guard. So don't question it, my man. Um, and actually, you know, Jalen's shown when he kind of has a pretty good baby. distributor. Yeah. yeah, he's a distributor. He, he got through the lane a couple of times there. You know, probably not the best situation to put ourselves in. But hey, <laughs> there's something in me that wants and expects Jalen Williams to be in the starting lineup. I think he's earned it. Yeah. And I think the problem is, is who do you start him over? Walker exactly. Kessler, or Jabari Smith. Um, yeah. I, I don't, it, it's hard, but I just, my gut tells me Jalen Williams is going to be in that starting lineup, but where, who he replaces your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea because you're not replacing Alan Flanagan. If we are successful at all next year, and I believe we will be as of right now, you know, let me say that. Um, it will be because of Alan Flanagan. It will not be because of Kessler. It will not be those guys, Smith and Williams and green, all those guys will have amazing impacts, but your dude on the team this year is Alan Flanagan. Oh, absolutely. He he is the, he's the leader. Yeah. Yeah. He's the heart and soul of that team. You're not benching Flanagan. No, you're not. That's the, he's the greatest recruit to ever come into. (laughs) I just don't like, I don't know about greatest recruit, but has he has he done more with not? I shouldn't say less. More with expected less. Yes, he's the number four player, and you're not benching Jabari. Yeah, and then Kessler. Kessler is the most likely to get benched out of those three for Williams, but Kessler was a five star. Yeah, he was the state of Georgia player the year or right behind Cooper, I think, and. He, you know, he's seven two. <laughs> yeah, all good problems to have. And listen, you know, there's a time where we were just like, well, there's the starting five. There's no question about it. You know, <laughs> so now we're fact, like, yeah. well, you know, it's a good problem to have. It's a great problem to have. All good problems to lament about Auburn fans. That's the word of this podcast is lament, and I'm gonna stop using that word after this point because I've preached my quota for this year. Anyway, those were our topics for this episode. Obviously, uh, most of the drama for the offseason, I think, is over now. It really just becomes a question of where do uh, JT Thor and where does Sharif Cooper go in the draft? We'll be watching that closely. Maybe if we get some updates on if there's going to be another person brought in. We're not having feelers out there right now. Uh, So it looks like, other than that, and War Tampa... You know, it could be somewhat of a quiet off season, but uh, we'll see. Bruce has surprised us before. Who says he won't do it again? You know, that's true. We thought it was going to be a quiet off season, you know, four months ago. Here we are. And here we are. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody listening today. Before we get out of here, though, where can they find you on social media? Gray? Yeah, just find me on Twitter at Gray Oldenburg or on Instagram at Gray 21 And if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can share your starting lineups with us there as well. Uh, But you can uh, also find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. 
Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?